hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, we're going to explore Alberta a bit and learn about some new accommodation options in Canmore, Alberta. We'll talk with the folks from Spring Creek Vacations about their newest mountain lodge, the Tamarack. And later on in our podcast, we'll get an update from Tourism Jasper to see if everything is fully up and running and if they're welcoming visitors again following the threat from the Cheddarman wildfire from a few weeks ago. Plus, we'll get some insight on a few of the upcoming events they have planned in the coming months. But first, we're going to start our podcast this week talking about travel health insurance to see if the lifting of Canada's travel restrictions has changed anything as far as travel health insurance policies go and get some insight on travel health insurance in general. To help us out, we're joined now by Will McAleer. He's the Executive Director of the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada. Their website, theaonline.com. Hi, Will. Hi, Randy. How are you today? Let's just talk a little bit about... I'm good, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Let's just talk a little bit about uh, the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada. We've had you on before, but just just give a review of what uh, Thea does and who you represent. Sure, yeah. Thea is the, as as you can tell by the name, the Travel Health Insurance Association. We represent really all of the links that you would have related to uh, when you're traveling and you have uh, maybe the need to use an insurance product. So everything from uh, a, a big insurance company who might write that policy to claims companies who will work with you in the event that uh, you need reimbursement for claims to assistance companies, the ones who are going to help you uh, navigate the challenge that you might have, maybe help you out with some of the referrals to a medical center. But we also have uh, foreign-based uh, medical providers who are part of the network, as well as uh, organizations like air ambulances that might bring you back. So it's really a full-scale approach to uh, to having members who act within the uh, within the industry in the travel health insurance uh, sector. Nice. Okay, so uh, Canada's uh, you know, dropped all their travel restrictions recently. How does that affect, if it does affect, the uh, Travel Health Insurance uh, Association, uh, what people should know, and what advice do you have for travelers if they de- do need to know any changes? Well, you know, it probably impacts people a little bit more than we might think, right? because the industry has developed policies throughout the pandemic that have changed a little bit. They've, they've helped make sure that there's cover there for people who just needed to or wanted to continue to travel. But with the, with the re- reduction in or the removal of the restrictions, like masking on airplanes that have a destination or a departure point from Canada to arrive can apps and things like that, that was still a bit of a barrier to travel. So as those start to come down, people start to think, hey, wait a second, we can get away a little bit more. But the one, I'll say if there is any type of a benefit from something as terrible as the, the pandemic is, if people understood that, hey, listen, when I do go outside of the country, I know now that I need to get some sort of cover in case something goes wrong. And that's a, that's a positive thing because of the fact that sometimes you'd have, have some folks that go away and they forget to get this type of, uh, type of cover. Uh, and, and it can result in some pretty costly 
medical emergencies, uh, you know, for an accident or sickness. So, so there are some things, but ultimately the change and reduction of, of the parameters that announced by the Canadian government that they're removing, not really impactful on the insurance policy or the buying process in itself. Now, can you get, how is COVID covered? Put it that way. Can you still get COVID insurance? Is that a separate policy? Is it just part of a, a blanket coverage? How does that work? Yeah, most policies are going to cover you for a medical emergency related to COVID. So you get sick while you're away. Got to make sure that those types of those types of costs are going to be reimbursed. Uh, one of the areas that you know you might need to shop around a little bit more for are related to if you get uh, COVID while you're away and you are forced to quarantine. Mm-hmm. So the costs associated with a quarantine might be covered. It'll, it'll vary from policy to policy, but what we did see was that a number of providers brought those in. So sometimes you might need to purchase that as an extra on your policy, but uh, yeah, coverage is available. And the great thing too is we think of COVID infections now, I think generally people would say, ah, most of the time I get sick, it's like a bad cold. But if it does get more serious, the cost can be significant for a medical emergency. And when we look at you know, we're Canadians. Mostly we travel down to the U.S. 80 to 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that can be really expensive. It's the most expensive place on the planet to seek coverage or sorry, to, to rather to, uh, to, to get treatment. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you've got some cover in, in that event is, is super important. Um, so other ways that, uh, that it's changed. So trip cancellation, right? The mm-hmm. amount that you would insure for the value of your vacation, right? You can get coverage if, in the event that you catch COVID and can't go on that trip, there's a there's a risk that's included in most policies. What they're what the insurers aren't doing though is putting up blanket coverage for you in the event that the government decides again to take a really significant step and say no travel outside of the country again. If they close the borders again, that's not something that's covered under most travel insurance policies these days. Mm -hmm. Well, let's hope that that doesn't happen again. Uh, You did mention uh, traveling outside the country. I think it's important to point out, too, that uh, travel health insurance, even outside your own province, uh, is important, too. Or am I wrong on that? Yeah. No, you've hit on a, a really good point. We tend to focus on outside of the country because those are the largest of the risks that you might have, right? Because, you know, provincial medical is only going to pay a very small part of, of any type of medical emergency. You might be looking from a low of about 50 to $75 a day up to $400 a day for a significant emergency. Or it works out to maybe about 5 to 8% or so of a, of a typical uh, type of medical emergency that you'd have. But... Yeah, traveling within Canada, many people think, hey, universal health care, I'm going to be covered no matter where you are. And by and large, that's true, but it won't cover certain things. Like it won't cover uh, the prescription drugs, for instance. Uh, anything related to a medical emergency where you've got to then go and get a you know, course of treatment, you'd have to pay for that out of your own pocket. Um, the other big one is, things like emergency transportation. So let's say you're, you're off hiking in, uh, in, in the mountains and you need to be rescued off the side of that mountain. Maybe it's a helicopter, maybe it's extraordinary. You would be responsible for that cost. Similar, 
with any other type of uh, air evacuation, whether it's fixed wing or helicopter. Uh, and then there's some other physiotherapist benefits that, that typically would be covered under a travel insurance policy. So uh, it is important to get and very cost effective. You can get uh, you can get coverage for travel within Canada very reasonably. And sometimes if you purchase an annual plan, uh, they'll include as much travel within Canada as you can do. Again, depends on the nature of your uh, your travel about what type of plan you might want to buy. But uh, an annual plan can be cost effective. Uh, you know, it will cover you if you purchase a two week annual plan, you travel as many two week trips uh, around the world as you possibly could take uh, throughout the year. Nice. Uh, now, when it comes to travel health insurance in general, are there a few keywords or phrases in particular in your policy that you should be made aware of? And, you know, you, you always say read your policy, but I mean, some of those policies, it's pretty dry <laughs> reading and it's just like, oh my gosh. But are there keywords that we might want to be looking out for? Yeah, we've been working closely with, with regulators to to help with what we would call coverage certainty or the ability for people just to understand what they've got. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the first thing. So a lot of insurers have started to make policy wordings a little more common language and a little shorter as well. But one of the terms that you hear often is pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. And simply a pre-existing condition, any type of medical condition you've got before you show up to actually purchase that insurance policy, uh, anything that you've sought treatment for. So if you're taking medication for something, uh, if you're seeing a doctor for it and a doctor notes it in their file saying, hey, you've got X, Y, or Z, you've got um, a breathing condition, maybe it's asthma. That's a pre-existing condition. Now, the way that insurance policy will do it, the next term is stable. Is it stable in the eyes of the insurer? And that's the way that you can have that condition you've got before. It's the way that you can have it covered and rest assured that uh, if something goes wrong while you're away, that you'd be covered for that. And typically what they would do is they would say, hey, listen, as long as you haven't had a change in your condition or the treatment of that. So that means we're not getting new medication. You're not getting uh, a change in the dosage for that, uh, that, that condition that you can get that covered as well under the plan. So those are the two big ones. So a pre-existing condition, do I have something? And then second of all, is it stable? And remember, Toll-free numbers are available to ask those questions if you've got any concerns. Find out before you go because it's much better to find out whether or not you're covered rather than waiting for an emergency and setting yourself up for disappointment. Always great advice, and you're right. If you have any questions, uh, it's best to ask. Uh, ThiaOnline.com is the website for the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada. There's lots of good information there. And Will McAleer is the Executive Director at the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada. It's uh, always a pleasure to chat with you, Will. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Thanks for having me, Randy. Well, the folks at Spring Creek Vacations in Canmore, Alberta, have recently opened up a new accommodation option. It's called the Tamarack Lodge. So joining us now to tell us more about the Tamarack Lodge is Lawrence White. He's the manager of Spring Creek Vacations in Canmore, which includes the Tamarack Lodge. The website is springcreekvacations.com. Tell me a bit of background about Spring Creek Vacations for those who may not have heard about it. Well, Spring Creek Vacations is a property management organization based out of uh, beautiful Canmore, Alberta. 
and it's a subsidiary to uh, Spring Creek Mountain Village. And within the vacation portfolio, we have three beautiful, well-appointed properties, Rundle Cliff Lodge, uh, White Spruce Lodge, and as you mentioned, uh, Tamarack Lodge, which is our newest offering. Mm-hmm. It's the newest one, so that's got to be exciting. It's always exciting, I think, when you're opening up something uh, brand new like that, right? Yeah, indeed, and it's actually taken our portfolio up about 100%. We've doubled uh, the properties that we manage now within Spring Creek to 45 so tell me about the lodge, the Tamarack Lodge. Um, I'm just reading from your website, located in a new district called The Beat. So tell us more about the lodge itself, the the area of Canmore. I've, I've been driven through Canmore and been to Canmore many times, but I'm not really familiar, I don't think, with that area. Yeah, I mean, the area is fairly new as far as uh, Canmore developments go. Um, you know, I like to think of it as a community within a community. Uh, Spring Creek, you know, is, is very close to to the downtown core of Camor, but within um, the area itself, we're bringing in amenities uh, that keep uh, tourists kind of, you know, in our own little little community here. Tamarack itself, um, as you mentioned, is a new new lodge here. Um, it's the hub of this area that we're we're coining the Beat, mm-hmm. uh, and within the Beat, there are a number of beautiful shops. Uh, a water feature that in the winter is going to be converted to an ice rink so families and kids can come skating. We have um, a beautiful new restaurant, Bridget Bar, that some of of your listeners in Calgary might be familiar with, coming in as well as a boutique uh, deli and grocery store. There's a um, a Pilates uh, studio nearby, and really just uh, a whole bunch of beautiful shops and amenities all within walking distance of the Tamarack and the Beat. Nice. And of course, Canmore itself, uh, beautiful any time of year, but in the fall, uh, really is amazing when you get the colors going. And maybe we'll talk about a few of the things to do in Canmore uh, a bit later on in this interview. Let's let's focus on the Tamarack Lodge. Uh, tell me about the style of, com- of accommodations you're offering and, and how is it different maybe from some of the other properties you already have? Um, well, I think the, the largest difference, obviously, is just very new. So it's very modern. Um, it's got very clean lines, very elegantly appointed, beautiful large windows to capture lots of the um, sunlight that we get here in Alberta and uh, the mountain vistas that Camor is known for. Um, spacious, uh, well-appointed, bespoke linens, uh, bright, you know, not that sort of rustic style that I think a lot of people associate with the Rocky Mountains. Uh, it's very elegant, very beautiful. And you offer uh, different size of, of suites, uh, one, two, three bedroom uh, combinations. So basically, uh, you can kind of accommodate anybody, right? Uh, that's that's true. And, you know, one, two, three bedroom um, units, as you mentioned, and, and certainly well-suited, well-situated, uh, and well-set-up for families. Um, I think one thing we've sort of noticed through the uh, the pandemic in the industry is that families are more likely to uh, to visit condos and, and, you know, private bookings as opposed to the hotel offer. So certainly Spring Creek Vacations is well positioned to take advantage of that market, you know, and, and our owners are um, are really pleased with, with how we're promoting the area and, and really tailoring the, uh, the offering to that family market. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If your research shows that if people are looking for more of this type of option when it when they're searching for accommodations, especially families, because you don't want to be eating out with you have two or three kids every uh, for every meal, it can get pretty costly, can't it? 
It, it can, and I think uh, the inflation numbers would speak to that. So we're, we're seeing a really great uh, uptake um, in the family market. And as I said, the walkability within Spring Creek and all the amenities that are available make it just a perfect family destination. Mm-hmm. And speaking of amenities, um, I'm noticing, again, I'm checking your website, Spring Creek Vacations. Uh, there's hot tubs. What other things can you offer uh, people that are staying at the Tamarack? Well, there's the hot tubs that are available to all of our guests. Um, change rooms and showers. We have resident lounges and pools, as you know. Um, you know, it's a beautifully landscaped uh, area. Uh, that's um, again, you, you can't say enough about how uh, how walkable the area is. You know, we want people to come here, park their cars for the weekend, uh, walk and explore Spring Creek itself, and then obviously the environs of, of Camelot Large. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to bash restaurants because you do have a couple of restaurants on site too. So uh, people may not want to do all the cooking in their uh, accommodations. No, that's that's true. And certainly just down the road from us as part of the Spring Creek offering is, is the Malcolm Hotel and the Sterling Lounge. Uh, and right next door to the Tamarack is, is a great little uh, tavern called the Mineshaft as well that has uh, excellent soup and sandwiches. Uh, tell me about just the booking process. What do people need to know? Like, it's different from a hotel. You're not checking into a, a main lobby or anything like that, are you? No, I mean, and it's and again, it's a really well set up um, system whereby uh, guests can can log in online or can go onto our website and, and book directly through the website or certainly call our, our front desk agents. Um, and pretty much from there, it's almost a contactless transaction whereby. The day of your arrival, you'll be uh, sent a text message with with the code and and, um, directions to your unit. And, of course, the beauty of Spring Creek Vacations is we do have staff on site. So unlike some other property management organizations, uh, we have people here that can help you find your way. Mm -hmm. And can they uh, also help you with, uh, I don't know, if you want to take a tour or anything like that or, or explore a little bit more about Canmore, can they do that too? Absolutely. Again, our front desk is uh, open in in the Tamarack Lodge itself from um, nine to five, nine to eight, I should say, uh, five o'clock on Sundays. And and our staff here are well versed with the area and the offerings around Canmore and the Bow Valley. And it's more than just hiking around uh, Canmore uh, this time of year. And then, of course, you're getting into the winter season. And then you're talking about uh, a little bit more like skiing. And the nice thing about Canmore, I've always said this, you're just outside of Banff National Park. So you're just a, a short little drive away. Exactly. We're uh, less than 22 kilometers from the, from the park gate. Uh, and I can't say enough about the amenities, uh, you know, in, in Bath Park, but also just in Camor. Certainly the fall, I think, is sort of an underrated, um, you know, uh, offering for, for people to just come visit. It's, it's a little bit slower here in the fall, uh, especially getting in November, but equally beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, people can find out more information on your website, springcreekvacations.com. Learn all about the Tamarack and your other uh, accommodation offerings as well. Lawrence White is the manager of Spring Creek Vacations, uh, which includes the Tamarack Lodge. Uh, thanks for your time, Lawrence. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Looks like the town of Jasper, Alberta is slowly getting back to normal following the threat from the Cheddarman wildfire a few weeks ago. And they're looking forward to a number of events in Jasper in the coming months. So to give us an update on what's happening in Jasper is James Jackson. He is the president and CEO of Tourism Jasper. The website, jasper.travel. 
Hi, James. Hi. Good to be here. Thanks. Uh, can you uh, give us an update as far as the uh, Chediman wildfire? Is everything back to normal in Jasper now? Yeah, uh, I mean, things are uh, close to back to normal. Um, having said that, though, as of a couple of days ago, um, Parks Canada had two uh, crews still working on the fire, although the fire has been handed off to local authorities, which is a very good sign. Uh, one helicopter is still working on it. Um, it's still about 6,000 hectares in size. Um, but the most important thing is that it's, it's quote, being held, which means no communities are at risk of the fire right now. Uh, there's limited to no smoke. Uh, and so I think it's safe to say that the worst is behind us. And knowing that we're expecting some precipitation, uh, some heavy precipitation this week, um, uh, I'm confident in saying things are pretty much back to normal. Well, that's good news. I'm assuming in the town itself, uh, you have power and, and welcoming visitors again. Yeah, with open arms. It was uh, it was a very tricky situation, uh, as the as you alluded to, the fire took out uh, the power lines to the main provincial grid, and so we were on temporarily generated power for uh, quite some time for about seven days, and so. Um, it was a tricky situation, but ACO did a phenomenal job of getting us back on online once it was safe to do so, once, once Parks Canada had sort of uh, pushed the fire back and, and kept it at bay. And so now we're, yeah, welcoming visitors with open arms. Excellent. And now when you say precipitation, are you talking about snow? Well, it depends where in the park <laughs> you are on that given day. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we're expecting a little bit of rain in the valley bottom uh, a little later this week. Uh, which might translate to some snow in higher elevations for sure. Well, that's good for the skiers. But let's talk about some of the fall activities coming up. Uh, there's lots of lots of things always to see and do in Jasper. Uh, maybe let's do this. Let's talk about what's new in Jasper. A new hotel opening for one. Yeah, the Forest Park Hotel, which is uh, really exciting. It's the first new hotel in Jasper since 1983. Um, for those who are familiar with Jasper, it is uh, there is a new wing that's been built, new 88 suite, brand new wing uh, next to the Saw Ridge, and they've combined the two hotels. So there's a pedway across, and they're calling the combined new property the Forest Park. And so it's beautiful. Uh, for those who um, enjoy sweets, you know, cooking their own food, mm. this will be sort of bar none. The, the nicest property within the town site. Uh, it, it's just gorgeous. Nice. Uh, now, when you talk about fall activities that are coming up, the one that comes to mind uh, right off the top is the, the uh, Dark Sky Festival. It's uh, always a fun time uh, when that is on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so we're really excited to be able to produce this without sort of uh, the COVID limitations um, uh, in place this year. And so it'll be from October 14th to 23rd. Uh, it's really a celebration of, of art, science, and dark sky culture all around, you know, all around and underneath the dark sky. So the festival happens throughout the park uh, with a ton of different programming, uh, everything from the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra playing outdoors under the stars at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge to... Uh, having uh, astronauts do keynote speeches as well. Uh, one of the big highlights this year will be a, uh, a drone light show. So if you can imagine 150 drones programmed in unison 
to be paired with a live rock concert outside, uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a pretty incredible show. That will be a pretty incredible. Even the well, the light show that nature provides too is pretty incredible. When you add that to it, it uh, makes it doubly incredible. So, um, the, and the town gets right involved with it, doesn't it? The whole town, all the the merchants and, and the restaurants uh, gets involved with the Dark Sky Festival, don't they? Yeah, it's a really big uh, point of pride. You know, we were designated in 2011 as a as a dark sky preserve by the Royal Astronomical Society of Canada, and we're the largest accessible dark sky preserve in the world. Meaning, we're the only one with a town site inside of the preserve, mm-hmm. and we're the second largest in the world. And so, it's a big point of pride for the community. But you know, to your point, you know, the retailers have window decals and window painting up. Um, we do a really really big push with children and and the school groups to have um, the Edmonton Rocketry Club come out and sort of educate the kids on on how to get into the space. It's a really great community event, but um, one great for visitors and enthusiasts alike. Mm -hmm. Not sure if I'm ready to talk about Christmas yet, but let's talk about Christmas in November, which takes place uh, in Jasper. Yeah, so Christmas in November is... uh, uh, you know, a personal favorite of mine. It started in 1988, if you can believe it or not, uh, and has grown to be sort of this amazing 10-day celebration of, of culinary uh, in every way. Um, what happens is there's three different three-day stays, and so you can get you can buy an, basically an all-inclusive package at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, who hosts it, and that package uh, gets you all sorts of interactive cooking and decor classes, festival dining experiences you know, wine pairings, live music, gala dinners, all sorts of stuff. But the really great aspect of, of the event is that they bring in, you know, world-famous chefs to facilitate the whole thing. And so not only might you, you know, be listening to Anna and Mike Olson talk about barbecue at a seminar, you might have a glass of wine with them at the gala dinner that night. So this year we've got uh, Susser Lee coming back from Iron Chef America and Chopped Canada Vikram Beach from Dragon's Den uh, Food Network. He obviously is a, a fan favorite um, and, and many more. So uh, if, if folks are uh, into culinary and, and um, you know, enjoy uh, a bit of libation, uh, that might be a great option for them. <laughs> Tell me about the uh, pints. Is it Pino Run? Pints and Pino Run? Uh, pints of Pino. Pino, yeah, sorry. So, no, yeah, it's uh, another play on wine. Um, so Pines of Pino is, is a, a really fun one. Basically, runners will run either a, well, a full pint, which is 16 kilometers, a half pint, which is eight <laughs> kilometers, or a glass of red, and that's five kilometers. Basically, they run up to Pyramid Lake and back down to town. And then there's a bunch of sort of hospitality functions in, in, um, in collaboration with it. So folks can, you know, enjoy, again, uh, a beverage of their choice after uh, a little bit of a workout. So that's really exciting. That's on November 26th. Mm-hmm. And then we get into December. By then, I would imagine the ski season is underway, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. So we're targeting ski seasons to start um, usually the the sort of the, the week of Remembrance Day, usually right on that weekend, November 11th. Um, which is coincidentally enough the same time as our Veterans Appreciation event, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a fantastic new event um, that we host in collaboration with the Legion here in town, just to really give back to the, the veterans and first responders community. Um, and so those folks come to town the first sort of 12 days of, of November, and then the ski season opens, 
Um, all indications being that we're going to have a phenomenal season once again. Um, Marmot Basin has expanded some of their parking lots. So for those of you who are around in, in the 80s and 90s, um, uh, that that tailgate culture around ski is is in full full life uh, at Marmot Basin, so you can enjoy that. Um, and uh, by all indications, we're going to have a great uh, snow year too, which is which is great. And and you know by by the second or third week of December, uh, Christmas trees are up, and we're right into the Christmas swing of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it'll be uh, coming up on us before you know it, and then before you know it, you got uh, January and Jasper in January. That is always a big time there too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So Jasper in January is really about celebrating the lighter side of winter. You know, in the depths of January and in Jasper, things can be a little dark, uh, which <laughs> is something, again, we, we um, pride ourselves on. But, you know, sometimes after Christmas, you got to blow off a little steam and, you know, maybe not take yourself too seriously. So we, we really just try to make things fun. It's a three-week festival, everything from uh, nightly entertainment to family-friendly activities, to uh, the final Atco Street party, um, where we shut down all of Patricia Street and uh, bring in live, ba- live bands on a on a remote stage. Uh, it's a ton of fun. Um, uh, not new this year, but something we're really focused on will also be the uh, pond hockey tournament. So we're really trying to position uh, the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. Canadian Hockey Enterprises and and our friends from the Nation Network, the Oilers Nation, and um, and some other folks to uh, build out a really sort of like higher end pond hockey tournament uh, for those adults who uh, enjoy that sort of thing. So nice. you can imagine, yeah, you can imagine like hot stove with some alumni and some <laughs> hockey personalities on the Friday, and then on the Saturday a big viewing party for Hockey Night in Canada, as well as obviously all the laughs on the ice. Uh, it'll be a really great experience. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, you can find out all the things that are going on in Jasper from now until, well, January and beyond at jasper.travel. That's their website. And James Jackson is the president and CEO of Tourism Jasper. Thanks for the update, James. Appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. Thanks a lot. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.